Hello, welcome to Helen Talks Who. I'm Helen and today we're talking about deep breath and the start of the 12th Doctor's era. Um, so I want to talk about the casting announcement for the 12th Doctor first of all. Um, so it was in summer 2013, August 2013, um, before the 50th anniversary because um, obviously in the 50th anniversary you get the little eyebrow moment um, and yeah it was quite a gap between um, seeing the casting and then this one being broadcast the following year actually not even the following spring it was broadcast uh, August 2014 um, uh, yeah so the year between casting and uh and and first seeing him um in august 2013 the way they announced the casting was by having that live show on the bbc where um they had like i think zoe ball hosted it and you you had all the various interviews and and then they brought peter capaldi out and i remember like the first thing you saw of him was they just showed like his hands and then like panned out and showed who it was and it was um it it was really cheesy but it was also a really exciting way of doing it um and yeah i had absolutely no reservations when i heard this casting um apparently um i'd been thinking for a while that it had, would be quite nice change to have a slightly older doctor i i don't remember why i was thinking that but um but but that that's what my diary says from august 2013 so um and yeah i, I don't think i knew peter capaldi from anything other than the fires of pompeii um because i think i watched the thick of it film i think i watched that after he was cast um as is my habit to sometimes go and hunt out what uh what new doctors have been in before between uh casting and uh and 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 seeing them um but yeah it was incredibly exciting and then um seeing this episode in august 2014 i think this is the one so They'd done all of the um the live cinema broadcast of the fiftieth anniversary, and they did a kind of similar thing for this episode, um, cause I I didn't go to the cinema to see the fiftieth anniversary. I I remember deliberately deciding against that and deciding I wanted to watch it at home, but I did go to the cinema for this one. Um, I can't remember if I went with my friend, but um, I went and saw it at the local cinema, um, which was a pretty cool experience um my local cinema it's it's one that it'll um the main screen looks a little bit like um like a theater as well um so it was quite a nice atmospheric place to watch this um so i do remember um watching it and this is an interesting this is an interesting first episode for um for a doctor it's um a little bit different in some ways so most of what I'm going to talk about is I'm going to talk about like 
Clara and the Doctor specifically in their sort of uh, various kind of emotional beats during this episode. Um, but I do want to start by just kind of stating the uh, kind of overall themes of this episode because um, everything that I've got to say about Clara and the Doctor, I think it all links back to these themes in a way. Um, so there's three main themes in Deep Breath. There is the idea of um, looking below the surface before you judge someone, the idea of not judging by appearances um, that comes in in various ways. We also have the theme of, uh, of, of identity, um, which follows on from uh, Day of the Doctor and I think is I mean, if we think about where the Doctor is and where he's just come from, like, it it, it makes a lot of sense in some ways that um, that identity is a theme that he's still going to be um, looking at in some ways. So, uh, it, I mean, in some ways, most first episodes for Doctors are about identity, about figuring out who is the Doctor. Um, but this one, yeah, this one seems to focus on it more. And I don't know if it's because it does a slightly different, um, has a slightly different perspective on it, maybe. Um, or maybe because the theme, the theme is going to persist through the series. The theme is not resolved by the end of the episode. Um, yeah, I think that makes it feel a bit of a yeah stronger element um and the other theme which is linked to the identity thing is this idea of how well does clara know the doctor um and and like what's her dynamic going to be with the new doctor so yeah we have these kind of main themes of the episode and yeah, it's interesting, this one, because unlike The Eleventh Hour, this episode is not designed to make you fall in love with The Twelfth Doctor. Um, if we think back to previous first episodes, we have The Eleventh Hour where, you know, the first, the first few scenes with The Doctor and Amelia have you just completely completely buying into this sort of slightly mad doctor and then the second half of the, of the episode you have him being properly heroic and you know you have the definitive Atraxi scene where you're like oh yeah this is the doctor um similarly in Christmas Invasion although there's still sort of a little bit of kind of questioning and conflict around the fact that the doctor's asleep and seems to have abandoned Rose in, in in some ways you that is fully dispelled by the end of the episode when the doctor steps out of the TARDIS to face the Sycorax um this episode I will talk about it but it doesn't have a definitive heroic scene in quite the same way as the 10th and 11th episodes are and and yeah I think it's because um I mean the doctor the doctor has just been through some quite you know 
heavy stuff with Day of the Doctor and then with Time of the Doctor. You know, I talked last episode, I said there is a lot that we do not see in Time of the Doctor and I think that really does affect affect him. Um, so, so yeah. Um, now, okay, so I'm going to talk about Clara and I have titled this section in my notes, I have titled it, Let Clara Have a Nap, with a subtitle of and give her a hug and a cup of tea, please. Um, and and this is something that I alluded to last episode when I talked about what Clara goes through in Time of the Doctor. She she goes straight from that episode into this one. And in the first scene of this episode, when Clara emerges from the TARDIS, she is rumpled, she is tired, she is at the end of her tether. You can just see the time that she has had. You know, she's she's just been trapped in the TARDIS, a crashing TARDIS, with a doctor that does not seem to be particularly in control at the moment. Um, like, goodness knows how long the TARDIS was crashing for. And before that, she'd had the, you know, emotional roller coaster of the time of the doctor. Like... She had been through a lot. Um, and I think that's really important to bear in mind because I don't know, like in the snowmen, when I was a bit harsh with the doctor, I think I've had a tendency to be a bit harsh with Clara in, in this episode, to, you know, look at it and go, Clara saw the doctor change in front of her why is she suddenly you know doubtful about it um but yeah she's been through a lot um and then she steps out of the TARDIS she's already been through a lot and then the doctor forgets her name like that that's got to just be the the straw that breaks the camel's back um so throughout the episode Clara is um she's trying to find out who this new incarnation is and she's trying to figure out what her dynamic is going to be with him um and this manifests as her saying like I don't know who the doctor is anymore and her wanting to have the 11th doctor back it's almost there's an element of she is grieving the 11th doctor um even though even though the doctor is still the doctor because it i mean it's a bit like what the 10th doctor said in the end of time the idea that on some level when he regenerates his previous self dies um and it kind of you know it it feels like that big of a thing um and i think clara's yeah she's dealing with that grief in 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 some way shape or form um i also think it's important to note that obviously clara she knows about regeneration because she was there during day of the doctor and she has you know seen it here as well um and she has seen multiple doctors before but she's only seen multiple doctors when they were kind of solidly in their incarnation 
she's not seen this in between doctor before and the doctor in his first episode is always a bit in betweeny he's always not quite settled and yeah i just i think there is a big difference between knowing intellectually that regeneration is a thing and this person you know is still the doctor and is the person that she was just on Trendelaw with versus actually experiencing that um and I think 99% of that is the fact that she needs a nap um and some food like I love Jenny and Vastra but um I think they possibly could have uh could have dealt with things a little bit better um yeah because although Clara seems to be talking through this idea of like I, I'm not sure who the doctor is and so when um so when they put the doctor to bed she's talking about like how do we fix him how do we change him back um and and she's trying to figure out this thing of like why does he look old because actually she has you know, in time of the Doctor, she has just seen Matt Smith's Doctor age through spending centuries on Trendelaw. So there probably is a question mark over the sort of biology of it in some ways. Um, I mean, even, I know Clara didn't see the young John Hurt, but like we as the audience did see that even the John Hurt Doctor originally regenerated as being quite young. Um, so... Yeah, I can understand her saying, like, how how do we fix him? But she never actually doubts that the Doctor is the Doctor because when they first step out of the TARDIS at the start of the episode, Jenny asks, where's the Doctor? And Clara immediately says, right here. She she doesn't doubt that the Doctor is the Doctor, but, you know, yeah, she's mourning the loss of her Doctor. Um, and... Yeah, she slips up a bit when they're putting the Doctor to bed and says, how do we fix him? And Jenny and Vastra, I think, take that too harshly. Um, I, I, I honestly, I, I think Vastra, she really could have let Clara have a nap before doing that veil scene. Um, I, yeah, I, I think that probably would have been a good idea. And a hug. Clara could probably have done with a hug at that point as well. Um, okay, let's talk about the veil scene. And um, I do love it for its poetry. Uh, similarly, the scene that's just before it where, um, where Clara is saying to Jenny, you know, if Vastra changed, if she wasn't the person you liked, like, how, how would you deal with that? And Jenny, you know, making the point of, uh, the difference between liking someone and loving someone and, and, and that idea that loving someone means you love them either in spite of what's wrong or even because of what's different. Um, like, I do love both of those scenes for their poetry. Um, I just, yeah, this time watching it, I was like, give Clara a cup of tea and a hug and make her take a nap um please so in the veil scene um 
Clara... So we come into the scene and Clara has just finished up recounting what has just happened, you know. She tells them, I assume, the story of probably pretty much the whole of the time of the Doctor, which is, you know, quite a traumatic experience. Um, and there's a few points that are interesting here. So when Clara talks about the crashing TARDIS, she does again say the Doctor was gone. Now, I think this is interesting because the reading I take from this is I think it's to do with the fact that the Doctor wasn't wasn't in control and wasn't doing what he would normally be doing in a crashing TARDIS. You know, the one of the first things we hear the Twelfth Doctor say is, do you know how to fly this thing? Um, and given that Clara was, you know, a big part of the Day of the Doctor and the whole point of the Day of the Doctor is this idea that the Doctor is his actions. It is through being heroic and um, and and helping people that the Doctor can have that title. I think this idea, Clara saying that the Doctor was gone when, you know, the Doctor should be in control of the TARDIS or, or at least seem to be. Um, you know, the Doctor is not doing the action that the Doctor would do. So, yeah, that's interesting. Particularly as, you know, the theme of the identity is a big one here and, and, and the whole idea of this title of the Doctor is, 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 is linked to that identity. Um, so, then in the Veil scene, Bastra essentially accuses Clara of being shallow and it's the kind of trigger moment for it is because Clara finds it ironic that Vastra uses the word renewed to describe the doctor when you know he he he's older than the than Clara's seen seen him in some ways he's he's yeah um honestly I think Vastra has her own baggage here and I think she's bringing that into the scene. Like, I love Jenny and Vastra. I I, I would love to have them in more episodes. But, um, yeah, I do think, yeah, Vastra didn't deal with this uh, situation as well as she could have done. Um, and uh, this is the moment where Clara breaks. This is the moment where, you know, she slipped up earlier by asking how do we fix the doctor and in some ways by you know finding it amusing that Vastra uses the the word renewed but like Clara is probably running off severe sleep deprivation and quite a traumatic experience and she breaks and um you know you have the bit of the her saying to Vastra you know just because my pretty face has turned your head, don't assume that I am so easily distracted, and that whole speech, which again, love the poetry of it. Um, and yeah, fair enough, Clara breaks. Um, yeah, this is, this is why I titled this section, Clara Needs a Nap. Let her have a nap. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one.
Let's talk more about this idea that Clara feels that she doesn't know the Doctor anymore. Um, and let's, yeah, let's talk about it when Clara meets up again with the Doctor, with, with the, uh, when they go to lunch together. Um, it's a great scene, this. I, I really love how, um, Jenna and Capaldi, they take what could be quite an antagonistic scene, um, in that lunch scene, and instead they turn it into something that's that's really fun to watch and shows you how well these two characters do actually know each other. Um, and yeah, I find this really interesting because it's one of the things that Clara's been worried about in the first half of the episode. She's worried about her dynamic with the new Doctor and how she's going to interact with this, uh, with this new person. But she slips right into it without even thinking about it. It, it. it turns out all they needed was something else to focus on. You know, with that whole um, thing of them trying to work out who placed the ad and the puzzle of what the restaurant is. And then once they're down in the uh, belly of the ship, working out what the autom- automatons are. Um, it's interesting. And I think this keeps this keeps going this idea that like clara is consciously worried about not knowing the doctor and consciously questioning her knowledge of the doctor but deep down like when the chips are down she's she interacts with him very very naturally um Uh, yeah the one thing I do wonder is that I I don't know whether it feels a little bit like whether there's some inconsistency there between Clara playing the role of the companion and therefore you know fitting into that lunch scene very quickly and and doing the investigating stuff with the doctor in you know a very kind of natural manner versus uh playing you know the role of um of not not the kind of regular episode companion but rather like specifically the companion to a newly regenerated doctor and having to distrust the doctor I don't know whether I yeah I don't know whether it does come across as inconsistency or not I think think not I think I'm just thinking about it too hard um but yeah it was a thought I had now there is one moment um where Clara's almost justified in her worry about the doctor and this is when they're in the belly of the ship and the automatons are waking up and they run to get out and the door comes down and Clara's on the wrong side of the door. Um, the doctor figures out that the sonic won't work, um, doesn't give her the sonic, says I might need it, and runs away. He, yeah, he appears to abandon Clara to the automatons. 
Um, of course, as we find out, he he's being tactical. Now, one thing I was wondering was, okay, so Clara thinks that he's abandoned her. Um, but are we as the audience meant to doubt the Doctor here? Like, this is certainly a different approach to what the Eleventh Doctor would have done. Eleven would have promised Clara he would come back before he ran away to regroup. Whereas, Twelve is kind of, um, he's almost... He, he knows how good Clara is. He he knows her skills and he knows that she will be fine. Um, and he, he acknowledges this because when he comes back, he says to her, like, I'm not sorry, you're brilliant on adrenaline. Um, it's, yeah, it's a really interesting tactical move and it's something that, bring to mind what we'll see in um kill the moon later in this series because um that's another episode where the 12th doctor i think does the same thing that the 10th or the 11th doctor would have done but he packages it very differently um it's like yeah the same action but slightly different methods um and the twelfth doctor is right here. The twelfth doctor knows that Clara can do it. Uh, there's probably a question on did he need to put her through that, but ultimately it all works out okay. Um Yeah. And that scene, that scene where Clara is cornered by the automaton, that is just stunning that is a stunning performance from Jenna um and it culminates in that line of her saying if the doctor is still the doctor he will have my back which is swiftly followed by her saying I'm right aren't I so again yes she thinks the doctor has abandoned her but also like no, she doesn't. She she does know that he's going to be there. Um, and I mean, they're the reading of that line of her saying, "I'm right, aren't they?" They're the re, um, they're the reason, uh, they're the reading of that that's her being hopeful, and you know, desperately hoping that he is there and that it's not the end. But given what else we see in this episode, given the other bits where we see that Clara does still know the Doctor, you know, given the fact that we have just had that lunch scene in the restaurant where their rapport was absolutely on point, yeah, I take the reading of Clara knows deep down that the Doctor is still the Doctor. Um, yeah. Now... When the Twelfth Doctor appears in this scene, um, something that I hadn't noticed before is that he is now in his costume. Um, or at least an outfit that is 
very similar to what his costume is going to be. Um, I didn't pause the episode and, and, and check, I've, I've got to admit. But yeah, don't think I've ever noticed that before. So what I was wondering was, I was wondering whether that scene where the 12th Doctor, you know, um, comes and saves Clara, whether that's meant to be the scene that defines the new Doctor, which is obviously a classic component of a first episode. I've already talked about the Atraxi scene and the scene where the 10th Doctor steps out of the TARDIS to face down the sick rats. Like, um, you, you do tend to get this heroic scene where you're like, all right, yeah, the Doctor's back. Um, but I'm not sure. It doesn't quite have that vibe. Um, and I think that's to do with the theme that follows it. Um, and also, I think... Though I am going to talk about the scene that follows it in a bit more detail, but... Um, I also think the fact that Clara isn't completely convinced by the end of the episode and the fact that some of um, th- this question of who the 12th Doctor is, is is not resolved in this episode, I think... I think if this was any other Doctor, the scene where he turns up and saves Clara would be the definitive scene for um, for his first episode, but... I think because the 12th Doctor is still going to question who he is, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's not the definitive scene. Um, which is good. It's good to have something a little bit different. Um, it, yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about the Doctor and the theme of identity. So there's a few different, um, there's a few different things. The first thing is you have the Doctor wondering about the faith that he's chosen. Um, so we're going back uh, before he meets up with Clara again when he's in the uh, alleyway with the um with the tramp and he sees his face and realizes that he knows it um and obviously part of that is it's a little hanger lantern moment of yes we know Peter Capaldi has already been in Doctor Who let's uh let's ignore that and move swiftly on but obviously it's it is going to have a payoff, which is neat. Um, yeah, the why this faith thing, real slow burn, because it's not even resolved this series, it's resolved next series. Um, and to that end, I wonder to what extent the question of identity is resolved this series versus being resolved last series. Uh, last series? Hmm. Uh, versus being resolved next series. Um. I yeah. I genuinely can't remember. I think it's resolved this series. But we shall see. Um. You also have the. Uh, you have him wondering why he looks older. Um. And he. 
the doctor says an interesting line. He says, it's covered in lines, but I didn't do the frowning. I do think there is a point about identity there. Um, it's something about the fact that I think I think this our incarnation more than perhaps any other is shaped by his previous actions. I think if if day of the doctor hadn't have happened, I don't think the twelfth doctor would be the twelfth doctor. Um or yeah, he wouldn't be the character that that we have. Um I think I th- I think the fact that the Doctor has resolved one part of the identity question and, and the day of the Doctor is a massive part of his identity question. He's resolved that. I think that gives him breathing space to look at some of the smaller parts of the identity question and I think that's what the Twelfth Doctor does. Um, so this idea that he's got a face that has marks on it as though from previous incarnations I think there is a symbolism there I hope that makes sense um and the doctor wondering about his face and his choice of faith we also have the um, ship of Theseus moment at the end of the episode with the robot and the mirror. Um, the Doctor explained that using the broom metaphor rather than the ship of Theseus meta- metaphor, but um, I like I, I like the name ship of Theseus. I'm, I'm sure it's meant to be someone's broom. I'm sure there's a name attached to it, but I can't remember what it is. Um, yeah, it's that idea of um, the Doctor says to the robot he said um i i bet you can't even remember remember where you got that faith and at the moment he said that he holds up the mirror that that the double-sided mirror because it's just a metal tray so that the robot have it and he he says that line and you can see him have a mini existential crisis it's a great delivery of it um and again that is all linked to this idea of like him trying to figure out him trying to figure out why he's chosen that faith it's like um it's like a smaller metaphor for him starting to wrestle with his identity um and it's yeah just a really neat way of doing it in the narrative there's a couple of smaller things that link into this idea of the doctor not being sure about who he is. Um, so firstly, a counterexample. The thing that stood out to me is, so the doctor wakes up from his nap early on in the episode and his first instinct is to try and help the dinosaur. Literally, first thing he does. And there's nothing more doctorish than that. Waking up and going, I am going to help. I'm going to help someone. Um, particularly, you know, I am going to help someone that I kind of got into trouble, which is what happened with the dinosaur. Um, 
And that morphed very quickly into the Doctor being in uh, solve the mystery mode with uh, that moment on the bridge where he's like, have there been any similar murders? And, yeah, it just shows that the Doctor is very clearly, he's still the Doctor at his core. Um, So all of this wondering about who he is, it's, it's an important question for him to explore but also we as the audience can see he hasn't changed and 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 this does have a parallel I think with how Clara is you know Clara is consciously questioning her dynamic with the doctor but when when they're actually working together in like the lunch scene like she knows him um we also have a recurrence of um the idea from Day of the Doctor of the Doctor defining himself via other people. Um with the well with the puzzle in the newspaper and actually I've realised that I've kind of got that wrong, but um bear with me. So um when they're trying to work out what what the crack is with that puzzle um Vastra said to Clara she said you're supposed to prove you still know him think what that must mean for a man who barely knows himself which you know is a very um interesting idea this idea of um you know I'm not sure who I am so I'm gonna see if the person who is my best friend can still can still see me of course, what I've just realised is uh, the Doctor doesn't place that ad. So that thought of, uh, of let's see if Clara still knows me, that's, that's not coming from the Doctor. You know, that, that's coming from Missy, as we'll find out. Um, so good thought, but the thought is not coming from the Doctor. Um, it certainly fits into the theme of the episode, though. Um, now I want to talk a little bit more about that scene at the end of the episode where the Doctor confronts the half-faced man. Because I was wondering if that is meant to be the defining scene in this episode. Like I said earlier, um, in most first episodes with the Doctor, you have this defining uh, this defining scene for the Doctor and I don't think the heroic one just before it is, is, is the defining scene so I wondered if the scene where he confronts the half-faced man is supposed to be. You have the ship of Theseus existential crisis which I've already talked about um, but you also have the question of whether or not the Doctor pushes the half-faced man. Um, and I th- I think this is meant to be the defining theme, but I think it's I th- I think it serves a different role to the defining theme that I'm thinking about when I think about the eleventh Doctor and the tenth Doctor with the Atraxi theme and the Sycorax theme, um, because I think rather than reassuring you that this is still the Doctor, this scene instead kicks off the twelfth Doctor's era. It kicks off what um what we're going to see from him in this series and 
and tells us some stuff about the characterization. So the ship of Theseus, the existential crisis, this question of identity, that is the core question that 12 is going to explore this series and possibly into next series. Um, and I've already talked about that bit. And the question of whether or not the Doctor pushes the half-faced man, whether or not, you know, he actually kills him, I think that's the key difference between 12 and 11. The 12th Doctor, he's, he's more willing to get his hands dirty. He's, um, he's less, he's less self-righteous about it, because the 11th Doctor and the 10th Doctor, they, they say they're pacifists, and they are, but when the chips are down, they, they, they still do bad things, or, or bad things at least from the perspective of the villains of the story, clearly, like, they don't, they don't go too far, and, and the 12th Doctor doesn't go too far, but, they all have some level of violence but I think the 10th and 11th Doctor hide it sometimes behind letting other people do it for, for them or um, manipulating the villains into you know destroying themselves which There's probably a there's probably a philosophical question here somewhere, um. But it's vaguely trolley problem esque of you know, letting something happen through inaction versus physically pulling the lever and doing it yourself, um. And I think the twelfth Doctor doesn't shy away from that in the same way that previous incarnations do, and and I don't think that. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing and I think that's something that I probably will come back to in in stories of of looking at how the twelfth doctor deals with something versus how ten or eleven might have done it. Um yeah. Cause okay, so me concluding that, um it it does come from like there's meant to be a question about whether the doctor pushes the half-faced man or whether the half-faced man jumps. I don't think they're the question. I think the doctor absolutely pushes him. And the main reason I think this is that these robots specifically, they have been shown throughout this episode to go to these amazing lengths to survive. Like, these robots have literally been been hanging out on earth since the dinosaurs were around cannibalizing animals and humans for to keep themselves going um and we saw that again in the um we we saw that previously in the girl in the fireplace with those robots who are obviously like related to these ones um in a very funny moment of the doctor going nope cannot remember what happened two incarnations ago love that Again, hang a lantern moment. I like it. But my point is, self-preservation is absolutely core to these, uh, to these robots. So, like, yeah, the Doctor pushes him. Um, 
And it's more likely for self-preservation to have been programmed into a robot. You know, if, if we think about um, either Kazimov's three laws of robotics and how much of an impact those, you know, kind do have on on kind of robotic thinking surely it uh, certainly in uh in sci-fi um you often do find you know sci-fi robots that do have that programmed in like and robots can have something like that programmed in um people can't like when the doctor says murder is against my basic programming like it's against his morality but there's nothing other than him stopping him from doing it if that makes sense um so yeah i i don't think there's a question over whether or not the doctor pushes the half safe man there I, I i really don't i think it's good that we don't actually see it um because that might have been a bit much to see the doctor do that in in in, in his first episode here but um i i do think that's the only conclusion you can draw from the evidence. I want to end with a little bit of a conclusion. I don't normally do that, but I feel like they're the they're the few threads that I've talked about in this episode and I want to sort of pull it all together. So with um with Clara's point of view, I want to restate that she yeah she's worried about her dynamic with the new doctor and I think it's really important to bear in mind her point of view I think is is my main takeaway from this episode like especially the fact that not only is this a new incarnation and she's suddenly having to you know confront regeneration in a way that she hasn't had to before even though she has met multiple doctors not only that but the eleventh doctor, if we think about you know what has just happened in the timeline, the eleventh doctor spent centuries on Trendelaw without her he He has had a lot of experiences since the beginning of time of the doctor, and that and the beginning of time of the doctor was the last time Clara had the normal dynamic with the doctor um so with that in mind, I understand why she's hesitant, um, you know, plus the whole she needs a nap thing. Um, and then with the Doctor, I mean, look, I love that the Twelfth Doctor is exploring this theme of identity in his first series. I think it's... I, I just think there is something so compelling about someone who can change their faith and who has these distinct incarnations and therefore has this like unusual relationship with their identity i i love the idea that they that that they can explore the theme of identity in this really kind of novel way um and a, a theme that I haven't talked about much in this episode is this idea that's put across with the Doctor choosing 
I feel like that needs air quotes, but the doctor choosing this faith, being partially about presenting to the world how he feels currently. Um, and this is encapsulated in the final scene where the doctor reintroduces himself to Clara. And he said, I've many, he says, I've made many mistakes and it's about time I did something about that. And the mistake he specifically picks out is the, you know, I'm not your boyfriend mistake, which cannot tell you how relieved I was to hear that the first time I saw it. Um, but in general, like him choosing this faith, he, he's showing that he's grown up in some way. And I think that does fit with, the growth that he went through in Day of the Doctor. Um, like I said, he's dealt with this massive thing of the end of the Time War and then, like, the dread of Trendelaw, which, which was all tied in with, like, him genuinely thinking he was going to die. And, yeah, it it means that he now can take a step back and look at actually you know I've got this new regeneration cycle what are my everyday actions How, who do I want to be going forward it it, do, it does make a lot of sense why why he's considering this um because I did wonder when I was watching Day of the Doctor I did wonder like how um how the Doctor gets back to uh questioning his identity but yeah it does it does make sense um yes there is a small element of the 12th doctor retreading some of that ground that the 11th doctor did but i think i think they they either have different perspectives or different methods of doing of of reviewing that and 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 we will see how the series develops in terms in terms of that um but yeah i do think it makes sense it it's a really good episode this and I, i'm really excited to talk through um the rest of the 12th doctor's era with you um thank you very much for listening the email address for this podcast is helen talks who at gmail.com please do get in touch if you have any commentary um next time next time i'll be watching into the dalek which which i had forgotten was the second episode i thought there was like another episode before we got the dalek one but uh nope next episode see ya